RPG lessons learned. When the game is over, when your players are gone, that's when lessons are learned. Hey, Brian. Hey, Dusty. How's it going? Can't complain. Mike, how How are are you? you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. All right. I'm nervous going into this one, guys. (laughs) I I am straight up nervous. Um, I really want to keep this constructive because... Man, this guy did a ton of work on this game that we're about to rip up. Yep. I mean, he did a ton of work on it. He did a ton of work. And I really want to try hard to recognize that. I'm going to try really hard not to just let the negativity flow from me like a master of the dark side. Yeah, we left. We we walked out of the session mad. Yeah. And he asked, he, the GM, asked me for feedback as we walked out. I'm jumping ahead a bit. I'm, I'm just skipping the whole premise and everything. <laughs> uh, welcome to RPGLL, where we just jump right in on this episode. So, we're recapping Mace 2017, and today we're recapping the, the worst game we played at, at this convention. And it was a pretty rough game, but but it had a lot of positives if you if you think about it. I mean, it really did. So let, let, let's try to let me just go back to what I was saying. I walked out mad. Like I left the session angry and relieved to be going to lunch. Like I was just mad. <laughs> I was happy that it was over, and I was just mad at what had happened. Half of lunch was talking about this. Yeah, we we just left so angry. And he asked me, me in particular, but I think all of us, for feedback. And I did give him some feedback, but I I kept it cool because you ever have that moment where you're like, you know, I'm really too mad to give honest feedback? Yeah. Because I asked myself later, like, I've been contemplating ever since, like, did I chicken out on giving him real feedback? Like, did I chicken out? And I don't think that I did. Um, I was too mad to give really, really constructive feedback. So hopefully this, I, I'm not mad anymore. I'm over it. So hopefully this episode reflects that. But, um, the advice I gave him was, was to tone down the scope of the game. Uh, and I, and I think that as we talk today, I think that will be borne out as the best advice I could have given in the moment. So let's talk about our worst game at Mace 2017. Our Call of Cthulhu game. Uh, and caution point for you guys. Let's not talk about the city where this takes place, or I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away that could identify this GM. Because if I had run this game, I mean, and, and by the way, I did run a terrible game. I ran the Avengers game that did not go as well as I would have liked. So someone could be recording a podcast about how terribly I did at that game, and they'd be well within their rights, but I'd still be embarrassed about it. So let's not talk about anything where you can identify this game. So people could go identify the GM. Let, let's stay away from that, right? I we, all, we, we all agree? Agree. All right. Let's talk about this game then. So it was Call of Cthulhu, and it was a sort of an investigation game, as, as all Call of Cthulhu games are. And uh, let's, let's talk about the positives first. Uh, one, Mike, that we didn't write down in the show notes, but now that we have the handouts arrayed before us, Again, holy crap, this GM put a, put in a ton of work on this. Oh, yeah. This yeah. session was not bad from lack of, of forethought. It wasn't bad through lack of planning. How about that? It wasn't bad through lack of planning. There was a lack of UAT that we'll get into. Yeah. This was UAT. Yeah, this yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it wasn't bad for lack of planning. My God, he planned. That, so That's user acceptance testing for those yes, sort of yeah, who aren't he, he didn't test it. But, but, yeah, looking at this and keeping it positive. I have arrayed before me a two-page character sheet, a one-page nicely printed pictures of what I have in my inventory, 
and then four pages of plot. What people in town know, my background and what I know, um, another page about what I know, and then a page about, you know, a kind of a handout to me of, of information that I have about the plot. So right away, and, and every character had this, and they're all different, by the way. The only page that, that, that would be in common on this two, three, four, five, six, seven page handout, the only page that everyone would have in common is the what everyone in town knows page. Yep. So holy crap, that's a lot of unique pages to hand out. So the, he had really put a ton of thought into this. I'll, I'll do credit. Mike, what do you think? I would agree with that. Um, I, I think especially the just the amount of text that's on these pages itself. It's it's not just like a bunch of stats and a bunch of abilities and, and skills. There's pages of text that are unique within these character sheets that uh, that showed that he put a lot of time and a lot of thought into into developing the individual characters and then the relationships between the individual characters. Um, I thought that was probably the most impressive thing for me for for the actual uh, handouts we got was seeing the the level of thought that he put in in tying these characters together and trying to create some sort of a, a symbiotic relationship, I guess, in between the characters. Brian, any any thoughts to add to that? You keep saying to his credit, he did all this planning. Yeah. I don't know that I can say it was a credit. I would say that was one of his biggest missteps, honestly. Was all the planning? Yeah. So I know we're trying to stay away from negatives first. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we get, we'll get into that later. But I really okay. want to start off with, you know, here's what I'm trying to say, Brian, to your point, right? You're, you're saying that this was really a, a negative in disguise because it burdened the game later. But what I'm trying to say is... His heart was in the right place. It was. It absolutely was. And this was a heavy time investment. This We're looking arrayed on the table in front of me. We are looking at hours of work. Yeah. I mean, I bet he put 40 to 80 hours in on at, prep. At least. Man, his heart being in the right place. When we say some of the stuff that we're going to say about this, though, I, I don't know that that's right. Because there are instances when his heart is in the right place. But I think there are instances where he is very misguided. But I think he walked into this con having done 40 to 80 hours of work, if not more, on all of these handouts and all of this plot, thinking that this would be an amazing game. That's true. For him. For him. Yeah, but... It's the kind of game uh, he would I'm, I'm trying to be clear yeah, yeah, that, yeah, 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 that he yeah. put a lot of work into us having this experience. Yeah, okay. He did. He did. Agreed. Okay. Just... So that I can, I just want to get this out here. And I know, I know we haven't gotten to this point yet, <laughs> but one of the reasons that I am so negative with this game is because it was borderline racist. And I'm just going to put that out there right yeah, now. We'll yeah, get, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we're going to get into. We'll that. get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, there's a yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't emphasize enough. I, I, walking out, I was mad. Yep. I'm trying to be constructive. So yep. he put it all. He, he put a lot of work in. That. That's that's one good thing. Yep. Um. Plot. So this this you know seven pages that I have in front of me, that's just that's just my seven pages. And yeah. then every character had unique pages. And then he had folder after folder after folder after folder of all the different places where you could go, where this investigation might take you. And NPCs with and NPCs. Locations. So he had a ton of plot prepared as well. So. He had a lot. This game was ambitious. 
it was ambitious in trying to give us this really broad, robust experience. Yep. So a lot of ambition in this game. Um, anything else we can say positively about it that I didn't list in the show notes, guys? Anything you can think of? No, <laughs> I, I'm coming up short. Yeah, I'm uh, trying. He he really he he really believes in the call uh, call a Cthulhu system. He knew the system well. Yeah, yeah. He really knew the system well. He he had clearly spent time studying up on the system. Yeah, and, and by by his accounting, he was an expert on it from years back. Yeah, and, and he had learned the new seventh edition for this game. Yeah, and he was he was really familiar with his plot. He was really familiar with his characters, and he was really familiar with the tone he wanted to bring to the game. Because I think it's probably also important to point out before we get into the negatives that this was all self written narrative and plot. And, yeah, yeah, self written characterization. And, and I'll, it's totally original. This is all original work that we're seeing. I, yeah. I, and I'll give him I'll give him one more compliment in the sense that he was trying to create a world that was very much at a place in time and he kept mentioning the mature nature of the world and there is a level of maturity that you have to approach our past with because we have different sensibilities today than we did and he was trying to create a mature sophisticated game that took a hard look at the way life used to be i just think that it was a misstep yeah and the game was listed as pg um let's let's hang on to the social stuff brian because i'm not even sure about how i want to talk about it i'm not i'm not very good at that we'll um have to tiptoe around it a little bit yeah we'll tiptoe around it a little bit for a little bit longer and draw it out as much as we can let's let's go ahead and start covering the negatives so first of all brian you alluded to it it's not in the show notes but with the seven pages in front of me, here's the first negative. We're sitting there at the table, and I'm like, whoa, this guy's done a lot of prep. This could be really good. And by the way, that's the tragedy of this game, is that it could have been really good. Yeah. It could have been a really good game. So he describes the characters to us, and I choose mine, and he hands it to me, and all of a sudden, boom, my character has a secret. And... That was fun, and I'm like, ooh, this will be fun to play. And my character had different goals. Like, that'll be fun to play. And, oh, your character has this different knowledge. And I'm like, oh, this is like a murder mystery party. But, my God, it's seven pages. Not seven pages of big text. Seven pages of, like, single-spaced, you know, 11 or 10-point font. It's a lot of text. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, like, oh crap, I've got to read all this. And then he's like, okay, let's get started. And I haven't read any of it. And I'm like, okay, well... Hopefully he won't expect us to know all this, <laughs> but then he kind of did. <laughs> um, so, 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 so actually, okay, if I can stop you, right yeah, there yeah, please real do. Quick. It seemed like every other player's character had that except for mine. Really, I had no secrets, no anything interesting. Like the only thing I had was that I knew you were a dirty cop, and we were in the war together. Well, I wasn't the dirty cop. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I that, was the uh, doctor. You were the doctor. Who who was the dirty cop? Dusty. Chris. Chris was the dirty Chris cop. Chris was the dirty cop. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he did a good job, too. That's, he did a really <laughs> good job on that, too. And, and that was the only thing my character had. So I had, like, four pages of useless text. It was what you know about the city, what everybody else knows, and then your beat cop. In all fairness, he did describe the character to you as Captain America. He did. But, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, here's the, here's the flip side of all this prep. 
is the game was too ambitious. It, 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 again, the sadness is that it could have been an amazing game, but it it died in its own ambition. It was just too much for a con game. A loud room, strangers at the table. This, this was the, these are the makings for a fantastic campaign where you have a chance to leisurely get to know these characters and leisurely work your way through this plot. It's a great campaign. But a four-hour con game with perfect strangers, it's just not. Yeah. It's too ambitious for a con game. So it, it died into ambition. What, what else killed this game? Well, do we just want to start on the list? Because I think yeah, there's, there's a lot of things. I think we start on the list. Oh, uh, so yeah. from the beginning, yep. he very much wanted to control the flow of how everything worked. Yep. Uh, like between – okay, so do we want to talk about the guy first that got ticked off and left? No, nah, let's, let's 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 save him for last. Because he's right. Well, he's right at the beginning. That's the beginning of the okay, game. Okay, well, I mean, sure, go for it, man. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep trying to say no. Let's talk about that. But yeah, you know what? The 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 gloves are off. So go for it. The GM was very controlling in the way that he wanted to approach combat in basically anything, really. Yep. Uh, so there's a guy at the table, nice guy. He we talked to Dusty. Talked to him later. Turns out that he was uh he used to run cons and stuff himself. Uh, the GM basically locked him in a room effectively, not literally, but basically Look, kept his character was, yeah, for this f- first opening fight, yeah. he, he took one conservative action and was penalized for the rest of them. And for the rest of the fight, he couldn't take, he couldn't uh, act. Me too, effectively. Uh, and it, to the point where the GM actually took his dice off of his, uh, out from in front of him to use as a marker because he's not going to need it because I am penalizing you for yeah. conservative play. And it wasn't even that, I don't know, it, it was that he was effectively skipping both of your guys' turn in the initiative order and, and not giving you a chance and, to yes, do anything. And, he's, and he said at one point, well, yeah. because you didn't do anything, we're going ahead. Like, you didn't give me a chance to do anything. Yeah, I remember those were your exact words. Like, and he's yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he didn't track combat well. No. Even Even my character. So when the when the fruck is started, I jumped right into it because it's a con game and and my Why feeling not? is get your stuff in. Yep. So yeah. I jumped right into it. He's like, "What do you do?" And I think the guy, the, the other guy, was like, "Oh, I'm gonna wait and see what happens." And I'm like, "Nope, I go out. I go outside. <laughs> I go out onto the street." Um, I was right into the fruckus to begin with, and the number of bad guys that were against me kept changing. Kept changing. Yeah. Yeah. You got three yeah. on you. You've got two on you. You got you, you disabled that one. You broke their knee, but now you got three back on you again. And, yeah, and he's yeah. not writing any of it down. No, and he yeah. he kept getting confused as to who was playing what character. When he was addressing the police officers, he kept talking to me. Yeah, like he would make eye contact with me, and I'm like, dude, I'm not a police officer. And I kept pointing at you and Chris and being like, no, that's that's these guys. Yeah, that's these guys. So he told us he didn't track variables well. He didn't track combat well. He told us up front, up front that this was going to be a RP heavy game. He basically kept bragging about how this was going to be heavy RPing. So what did I do? I tried to RP my character instead of jumping into battle and again penalized. So was the dude at the table. Yep. And for an RP heavy game, he really wanted to focus on the tactical nature of it at the very beginning. Yeah. And thinking back on that, you even tried to be in character and you were like, I want to try to render aid to one of the people who just had their knee blown off or were knocked out by the billy club. And he refused to let you do that. He's like, no, you can't, you can't render aid. Yeah. Yeah. We're in combat. You can't do that. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about, 
I, I have more thoughts on his control, but I want to make another point first. But yeah, that first fight, in the first fight, the dude whose dice he took and who he penalized got up and left. Yep. I mean, he made up an excuse and he got up and he left. And and, and he so he he bailed on this game. And gosh, if we hadn't all been together. <laughs> <laughs> so. And again, I, I mentioned the race thing. He made a point to mention the race of the two people that were standing by the truck. Yeah, let's talk every, about every yeah. single time he mentioned them. But yeah. let's, let's go ahead and talk about all the edgy subjects. The edginess. Because there were two big yeah. things in this game that made us all feel super uneasy. It was so cringy. It was so cringy. Yep. So so I'll go ahead and kick off the whole race thing. So so there were there were at least three times in trying to set up the game where he he referred to let's not say the word please i won't i won't he said this is the word they were called because that was the polite word at the time and he used that phrase three separate times, over and over word. like he over was trying to get us to say it yeah and it's like no dude yeah like i this game takes place back then sure yeah that's historically that's these things happen sure i don't need that i don't need that in my game at con yeah yeah. If 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 you want to try and present some of your an NPC as as a racist or a group of NPCs as a racist in order to further your plot, that's okay. I would relish the uh the opportunity to, to smack the head Hang of on. some racist NPCs. Would you? Imagine sitting at well, so remember no, that you're, remember no, that you're a con. That's that's a good point. So you're imagine sitting at a table yeah with an NPC played by the GM yeah. yelling racist epithets. No, that's a very good point. In a public setting, that would be very Yeah, it, every, yeah. Other, every other table is going to be like, what Wait, the that, that would hell? stop play at the other tables. Yeah. It, it's, it's a con game played with strangers. Am I saying that you shouldn't explore edgy subjects of race and gender in your games? No. 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 At home, where, where you know everyone and everyone has agreed, sure. If you want to explore the historical context of racism sure if you want to explore the historical context of gender inequality sure in your game where you know everyone and you're agreeing to explore this to understand the mindset or whatever at a con with strangers with no an open game yeah yeah open game any anybody uh, a, a game rated pg yeah with no warning about racial or sexual content any yep. somebody of any age any sex, any race could have shown up at that table. It just happened to be five white dudes. Yep. But had it not been, I don't, I hope that he would have approached Edited it himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good barometer for whether or not you should say something. Like if, if you're only willing to say it around people that you perceive as, as like, then yeah. you probably just shouldn't, shouldn't say it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so now we've we've touched a little bit on the on the sexual subject matter. Who who wants to go into that oh, and God. how it how it made us feel? I'll, I'll cover it. Okay. He made a joke. So oh God, I forgot. Yeah. So there were girls that were kidnapped, underage, underage. Yeah. And I'll say, I mean, he used the R word. These these girls were assaulted, and he used the R word not a, not a lot, but a couple times. And I, you know, again, I don't want that at my con game. Yeah, I signed up for a con game, dude. I'm looking to have a con game experience where I get exposed to a new game system. I I learn from a new GM's narrative style. I have maybe an interesting tactical combat or an interesting investigation where I really take the mechanics of the system for a test drive or for if it's a system that I already know for a pleasure cruise. 
I, I'm really looking to have a fun experience. Um, and I'm not expecting this sexual, you know, assault stuff. And then he made the off color joke about the underage girl, um, being clearly a, 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 a natural redhead or whatever. And it's like, Oh man, I don't need that. Yeah. And, and he kind of said it and we all know sold it. And I'm using a wrestling term there and wrestling selling is when you, you know, you act like something hurts and then it legitimately often wrestling does hurt, but you upsell it to make it seems like it hurts a lot more. Um, we no sold it. He cracked the joke and we were all just staring at him and none of us reacted and he moved on pretty quickly and he didn't make any similar jokes after that. None of us called him on it. There's this whole concept on the internet of like call people out and we, we just didn't do that. Um, but I think by no selling it and just not reacting to it at all, I think he got the message because he, he quit doing that. Yeah. But I, I don't need that at a con game. For reasons that I can't even adequately articulate, aside from what I've already said, I just felt like, whoa, dude, you don't even know me. There's the concept on the internet of somebody being a snowflake, being somebody that is easily offended. I, by no means, am easily offended in any way. I am somebody who tries to approach things logically. Things don't hurt my feelings if somebody says something. So our business ethos, right? Everything about those comments in this session would have brought you before HR. Yeah. Absolutely. For good cogent for good cogent reasons. Yeah. I think that spoke to a lot of our discomfort is we're just like, hey, we know this is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other part of it too is that effectively we were a captive audience. I mean, we we could have been like the guy who rage quit, but we didn't because we knew we were invested in this time. We we made an active choice to be there. And I think part of what bugged it is that he took that opportunity to basically take a captive audience and and push this this racist and sexist narrative on a captive audience. But what I can't figure out is is to what means. Yeah, and let me be let's be clear too for a minute because let's say this guy finds this episode. I don't think he's personally a racist or sexist. No, no, I don't think that at all. And, and you just heard both those guys chime in no extemporaneously and immediately. He was trying to give verisimilitude to an historical era. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that at a con game, that needed some editing. Yeah. And he, he didn't have the benefit of that editing, and he didn't have the benefit of any self-editing. To his point, if he were here in this room right now and I'm playing devil's advocate, he's going to say, well, look, historically, that's what happened. And on the one hand, I hear that. But on the other hand, with our background in business and HR, dude, you're in public and this is not that year. This is now. And if you want to briefly speak to it, like if, if he would have said things like, hey, FYI, this guy is probably frequently mistreated. And in fact, you might witness him being mistreated as some, as some ruffians walk past. Okay. That's, that's, you're not saying the words. And that's historical enough that I get that you want to include the theme in your game. Yep. Saying the words. Dude, no. and 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 to be clear, he never said the big N word. No, yeah, he he had he had that much that he had that much taste. Yep. So I'm not trying to rail him through. I'm not trying to portray him as racist. We're not describing the game, so you can't figure out who he is. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to be totally inappropriate to this guy, but he needed some editing, and he was using the OE word, and we were just not comfortable with that. We can be exposed to fiction all day long like that, but that is. 
an option or that is a choice that we make. If I go into a movie where I know I'm going to be exposed to that, I make that choice going in. If there I, had been a disclaimer in the text of, of the game description, we probably wouldn't have signed up for it. Yeah. Well, but and that would have been fair. Yeah. He yeah, would have yeah. gotten maybe an audience that he was looking for that that were ready to tackle those issues. Yep. We just weren't ready for it and it came out of left field and it turned us off. Yep. So now maybe let's uh, let's switch it up to uh, to mechanically on on some of the issues we've had with the game. All right, we haven't even covered the single biggest issue in the game. <sighs> Those dead ends. Oh my god, the dead so ends. So many dead ends. Okay, so so I'll set this up. Basically, in our in our first uh, combat encounter, we came out with a a couple of clues. We we had a letter that was written in a language that no one at the table understood, and we had a priest who knew like five languages, and he didn't recognize it. And then we were also given a list of address locations. Um, do you want to talk about how that address list coincided with your character's knowledge, Dusty? I mean, I had this list of 12 addresses. We uncovered a list of addresses, and we cross-referenced them. And even after cross-referencing them, because I have it circled right here, that still only that still quote narrowed it down to six locations to investigate, and there were still cogent reasons to investigate the other locations. So here we are in a con game, and there's like, you know, a dozen and a half places for us to go. Um, it's just a it's a lot for a con game. It's ambitious, but what really sucked is that we went to a couple of these places. And the plot didn't progress. Nothing. Dead end. No Dead end. clues. Dead end. Dead end. And to Mike's point about the letter, right? We get frustrated. And he's getting frustrated with us. So, Brian, this is what I wanted to come back to. You said he was a really controlling GM, and he really he told us at the beginning it's an RP-heavy game, and then he turned off the RP. Okay. From his point of view, here's what I think he was trying to do. He's recognizing that we're two hours in, and we haven't gone anywhere. He's recognizing that. And I think he was trying to cut our crosstalk to say, you guys are not progressing. You guys are not progressing. You guys are not progressing. That's what he was trying to get across. So finally, I'm frustrated. I just make the appeal. I'm like, all right, look, you know what? What what should we do next? And he thinks about it for a second, and he goes, okay. Do an idea roll. Make me an idea roll. Nailed it. Two Twice. people nailed it. One Somebody rolled. If you know anything about Call of Cthulhu, you want to roll low on the percentile dice. Someone rolled a six, and someone rolled a seven. Not a 16 and not a 70, a 6 and a 7. Nailed the idea roll. And he was like, hey, you never translated that letter. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Great. You're right. We you, totally yeah, overlooked we completely it. forgot that. Good point. Yep. Get the letter translated. Dead end. It told us nothing. Everything we, we already, already knew. Yeah. Yes. It's so frustrating. Like, so dude. Frustrating. So that, that completely... That's when I was ready to rage quit. And that, that was like three and a half hours into the four-hour session. That's when it was like, okay. He had this attitude about the idea roll. Like, okay, I'm going to throw you this bone. All right. We take the bone. And there's nothing there. Yep. I, I think Brian probably probably gave it, gave it the best analogy after, after we were talking about it for lunch. The thing that was so frustrating about the mechanics of this plot was it was literally like an old-school NES game. You have a series of locations that you just have to randomly go to and poke, and by choosing the correct random location, that was the only way to progress the game. There was no clue that led us to the single warehouse on the list of 12 warehouses that was obviously the layer of the hideout of the people we were pursuing. And in point of fact, 
when I tried to go to, to that warehouse, I did try to go to that one. Yeah. When I tried to go there early on in the session, he discouraged me. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, no, that place is too far away. Like, what? Oh, okay. Well, then I'd go to this one instead. Yeah, so, and that was just a, just a little throwaway line. Oh, no, it's really far away. Yeah. And, he, and he, he's throwing me off the trail. And at a con, again, I keep saying at a con game, at a con game, at a con game. Maybe this, all this prep, God, he did so much prep. He wanted us to have a good time. And I want to really try to recognize that. He did all this prep. This, this could have been a great campaign. With a bit of, of change in tone, this could have been a great campaign. And it, and it just wasn't because of all the dead ends. The dead ends were the biggest problem. So for me as a player, the biggest problem was that my characters really didn't have much to do. Yeah. Um, the way that they were written. Uh, oh, you're saying characters because you took over the other guy's character. <laughs> I took over the other guy's character. Oh, yeah. Let's uh, talk about gender for a second. Oh, God. Both your characters were female. And both the characters were marginalized the entire game. And it's even the case in the freaking way the characters are written. They're marginalized already because they are not empowered in any way other than only through role play can my characters actually be effective in any kind of game. And but my, to his credit, yeah, he said some of your characters are amazing at combat. Some of your characters are amazing in investigation, and some of your characters are amazing in social stuff. And I don't know which ones your characters were. Uh, I had the doctor and the social uh, and the social worker. But we we but it, it just so happened that the way we played it, it never became relevant. Never, not once. Uh, so my doc, the doctor was a pacifist, effectively. Uh, amazing doctor, total pacifist. The social worker was a secret millionaire. Money never came into play. We never needed money. Nope. Uh, never needed to heal anybody. Um, <laughs> so my character, we basically walked around and followed um, Dusty, your character. The the, um, the be careful about giving away too much of the of the of the. We don't want to make the game identifiable. Yeah, yeah. You want to follow around my character because my character wound up leading the investigation. Yeah, sort of. Even though I wasn't a cop. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh. Here's how I would have done that differently if I would have been him. Recognize that, hey, maybe you wrote these two characters to have these amazing things that come into play, and they're not coming into play. It's okay to it's okay to clarify that. Or, you know, we, we, we always say metagaming is okay. Metagaming is okay. Maybe jump in and say, hey, you know, I don't see your characters getting used a lot. Here's what we should do. When I recognize that problem at my table, at Terra the Katara with the Strangers, that's when I dropped initiative and I just started going around the table clockwise. That way I could point to every person and say, what do you do to keep everyone involved and relevant to the game? And it just didn't wind up happening. Um, yeah. I think the, uh, I think the other big thing that we hadn't talked about in regards to the, uh, to the dead ends and the mechanics of this game. And we hinted at a little bit at the beginning is that this felt less like a game for us to participate in and him as an opportunity to just work out this narration he's written and to play out these characters that he's written and to play out this story he has in his head, how he thinks it should have been played out. And I think for that, for me was, was probably one of the more enraging things of this was less about us and playing in a game as it was about him getting to tell this story and act and act and show off his creativity and show off this opportunity to 
to share with us this wonderful thing that he has made. Yeah, he's awful. he's written a novel, and we get to participate. Basically, yeah. I like that. That's fair. Um, let's talk about. He openly told us this was his first time running the session. Like, like did he tell us at the beginning or at the end, Brian? Um, he told so it had to have been the beginning, the beginning because because the, when, because the guy knew about it. Yeah, the guy yeah. that bailed when I spoke with him later. He he mentioned the fact that. And, and when he said he'd only he'd never run this before, I was like, "Oh, okay." He must have said it at the beginning. He was practicing this for play at a bigger convention. Is basically what he said. Yeah, and and we paid money to go to Mace. Yep, we paid money to sit at a table, not not to him, but to the con. And basically, we paid to 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 UAT to test his game for him. And I think, uh, man, man, he did so much prep. He did so much work. And he didn't test the game. He he put the work in the wrong areas. If he would have UAT'd this game with a home group or relatives or family or friends, I think maybe he would have uncovered a lot of these holes. So, yes, he, he said that up front. And there were so many other markers talking to him that I'm not going to say because you could identify him. But so many things that he said that were warning signs before we started playing that I should have caught. Um... This was just a, a gig- I, this is the worst game I've ever played. Even even going back to some of the games when we really struggled in the past early on, I at least had fun with those. And ha- I think having fun is the measure as, uh, as to whether or not a game is successful. And this one was not successful. Yeah, and, and you know, it, even with the the mechanical issues of the game, with the plot issues of the game, I, I kind of wonder if if we would have struggled with this game so much, if he hadn't have put just that weird creepiness out there, if he hadn't have tried to push... The dead ends. The the weird creepiness was cringy. Yeah. Cringy, but not infuriating. It was like, oh, no, dude. Yeah. yeah. That was my feeling. Every time he said something, he was like, oh, no. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, completely angrifying. The dead ends no. were angrifying. That was infuriating. I still would have walked away angry, even without the cringy stuff. Yeah. I agree. So we've we've just busted on this guy for how long now, Brian? Thirty five minutes. Thirty five minutes. Feels good. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I, I, I felt worse. I want him to be a good GM, and he wants to be a good GM. He put work into this. He put a lot of work into this, and, and again, my feedback to him was, it cut back on the dead ends a little bit. So we we know who he is. Yeah. No, I'm not saying we share this, but should we just send him a nice email? It's like, hey, since we've had time to think on it, maybe consider this, this, and this. Maybe. I don't know. My gut feeling is that he was not. So when, I was mad when he asked for feedback. I was hiding it because, you know, as an adult, you you control your emotions. And there's, there was no need to, to rail this guy. Um, I gave him some feedback that was constructive. Hey, cut down the dead ends, and that that would really help. I think he could see that we were not into the dirty jokes, for lack of a better term. The the the, the kind of more more, yeah. I think he could see that. Do we reach out to this guy? I mean, what benefit? It may not benefit us, but it may benefit people that sit at this table in the future. Yeah, that's true, Brian. That's true. That's true, and and it feels like we're, we'd be cowardly not to reach out. I think we should. I think we should. I think we should write that email and send it to him. We can do it as a group. We can sign it as everybody at the table. Yeah. 
Uh, not everybody, because we don't know that other guy. Well, but, but everybody, you, but everybody, you mean, everybody who's still at the you table. You mean Mike and Chris, yeah. Everyone who didn't leave. I think we need to. Well, I, I, I didn't think of that before. We gave him we gave him a little bit of feedback, which if he chews on it, will lead him down the right path. But there's that old saying, like, when the student is ready, the master will appear. Um, I don't know if he's asking the right questions yet, and and we don't know this guy personally to know that. So, but he, are he, we just are we just infuriating him by sending? Don't this? know, but he did reach out to us later on to try to connect with us from a social standpoint. That's true. He, he sat he with did. us. He, yeah, con. yeah, that's true. And I wasn't over the angry feeling yet, but you're right. We owe it to his next table to not let him do some of that stuff. We're gonna do it. All right, let's do it. We'll do it. We'll we'll we'll, we'll write him. And a we'll letter. be constructive as heck. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's everything we said, right? Hey, we weren't ready for the racial commentary because there's no warning about it in your game. So either put a warning about it or drop it. Probably drop it. We weren't ready for the jokes about the girls. We weren't ready for sexual assault. And, and that wasn't scripted. The jokes about the girl, I'm certain no, that no, was just no, not yeah, the yeah. cuff no. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but encourage him to drop that. And then really encourage him to go after the dead ends. Um and it could be a really good game. He puts so much work into the plot and the story. He obviously cares. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Uh, this is where I'll I'll get railed on the internet, right? I've made tasteless jokes before. Yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have grown so much in the years that we've known you. Yeah. Um, in general, I have always known my audience. And I, I, I don't, you know, you don't do that kind of thing with strangers. I, God, I do not want to be accused of the locker room talk defense because I think that's atrocious. I do not want to say locker room talk. Um, but we've all amongst friends made jokes that were terrible that, that we would not want repeated in public. And we and, yeah. and it is true. People grow out of that. I don't think that's the case when you're in your 60s. You probably are who you are. But like when you're in your 20s compared to when you're nearly 40, you are not the same person. Absolutely. So I think I, I really think despite these missteps. I think this guy could be a great GM. Yeah. Yep. All right, we'll do it. We'll we'll send him a letter. Um, what lessons did we learn here? I mean, for me, it's it's you recognize you're at a con game with strangers, and maybe don't be so edgy. Tackling these serious issues, any serious issue, right? Um, great for friends. Great for people who all agree. Great for I mean, like even shows on TV, right? Opting in is important. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Opting in is huge. Um, consent is like is 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 one of the big words right now ab- about how you approach things. But yeah, opting in, consenting, agreeing—that's what you're doing—is fair. Um, when I think about movies and books and shows that are out today that cover tough topics like past, they 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 you know what you're getting. You know what movie you're going to see. You're not surprised by it. You're not taken off guard. And if by you're it. not, you can walk out. I was in a movie yeah. recently when uh, material that some people in the audience found questionable popped up. They got up and they left. Yeah, we we couldn't do that. But in general, you don't want to you yeah. don't want to put your audience right. in that position, right? So I think with with those things taken care of and with some of the dead ends taken care of, he's done so much work that it could turn into a really good game. So so I, I keep repeating myself. Um, sorry, lessons learned. Cut the edgy stuff out for a con game. If you do that, do it with friends who've who've agreed, or just tell who've them consented, up front. who've opted in. Tell them up front, but let them agree and consent and opt in yeah. to that game. Yeah, I mean it's fine having material that could be considered mature. Some people like that. I produce several podcasts. My podcasts are typically PG rated because that's what I do. But there are competing podcasts that are not, and there are people who like both. 
Yep. Now, 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 to play devil's advocate, at the beginning of the game, he did say to us explicitly, this has mature content. Are you guys okay with that? So is it is it getting consent, or is it being... Tepid consent at that point, maybe. Being up front of what is the actual mature content I'm presenting. Uh, so, a couple thoughts on that, Mike. One, the game listing at the mass, uh, at, at Ogre, and I looked at it a few minutes ago to confirm. Yeah. List the game as PG. He, he listed it wrong. By the time we're sitting at his table and he asks us that, we're it's already a captive late. audience. Yeah. And it's a hard PG-13. Yeah. And then it's just listed as PG. Yeah. yeah. And when he asked us that question, he wasn't clear on what kind of content. I think that's the most I was thinking part. he, like, when he said that, I'm sitting at a Call of Cthulhu table. When he said that, I was thinking of like heads exploding, and yeah, monsters, and, ghosts and goblins, yeah, ghosts and goblins, Devil monsters. Worship. Sure, that's exactly what I thought of. So he wasn't clear on the whole racial sexual content. Yeah, if he would have said that, I'd have said, okay, let's. Well, why don't you turn that down for us? Yeah. All right. So again, lessons learned. Stay away from. Sorry, I keep trying to cover it. We keep getting caught up in more conversation. <laughs> uh, cut down on the edgy stuff at con. These are not your friends. They didn't agree to this, unless they did, in, in which case, go for it, I guess. But cut down the edgy stuff. Um, don't have an investigation with a ton of dead ends. Every step of the investigation needs to lead somewhere. When we talked with Tanner a long time ago about his show, he talked about that, and, and, and there are games out there like Gumshoe that are good for that. Everything the characters do at Con needs to progress the plot. And remember what I said about your game, Mike? when we talked about the cult of bane yep in an rpg you almost can't zoom in far enough so if you have this huge macro plot uh, so here's the lesson learned don't be so ambitious if you have this huge macro plot it's not going to get resolved in four hours with a bunch of strangers yep you almost can't zoom in far enough my successful con game had three gorillas and four poachers on a steamship and that's it and everything else was how you interact and how you engage with it and it it filled three and a half hours of con time. So you almost can't zoom in cl- far enough. You almost can't have too little content for a con game because strangers getting to know each other. I mean, it, it takes time and a game that's too ambitious is going to either be rushed or sloppy, no matter how much prep you've done. So there you go. Con game, drop the edgy stuff. Don't be so ambitious. Thank you for listening. People call them postmortems, evaluations, appraisals, reviews, retrospectives. We call them lessons learned, and we're sharing ours with you.